Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with Rick Maynard. So get out that Bible, that mobile device, unless you're driving or you're on a treadmill working out. Don't do that, right? Pay attention. So anyway, Rick Maynard takes us through the Word of God each and every week. So if you're listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, we exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. We have verse-by-verse. We have Grace Point with Greg and Kelly. We have other devotionals, things that we do on this podcast. So that we hope we hope that you really enjoy it. Like share and subscribe. Rick Maynard, welcome back to the Grace One Daily Podcast. It's good to be back again. So we're going to get into the word we've been cruising through. You're like now kind of sprinting. We were I know, we got, walking, now we're sprinting. Or We got hung up a little bit there. <laughs> um, so it's good to get hung up on the word of God. So we're yeah. diving into 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 21. All and right. I, you know, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to stir anything up, but I think um, maybe Greg Craywick was trying to Maybe take your job away last week. Yeah, you know we did this last time, and I don't like I say I don't need to stir up anything. It's all right. I mean, I I want to release people. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. more ways than one. Maybe I'm working on another podcast right now as we speak. You know, right? And he may be, he's probably spying on us. He's probably got he's probably recording in here, so he knows what's going on. So. Which anyway. that's that's a good note. I do want to remind everyone to just keep helping us get the message of the Grace One Daily Podcast out there. We're getting ready between Grace One Daily Podcast and our Modern Christian Dads Podcast. Check that one out. We're getting ready to surpass or getting close to the 10K play mark. Super excited about that. So thank you to everyone, wherever you're listening, uh, however you're listening. We really appreciate that. Uh, keep listening and tell someone else about it. Okay, here we go. All King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's days. So this is talking about the, his palace, or basically his, what you call the country home. This wasn't the, uh, uh, the palace in Jerusalem. This wasn't the temple in Jerusalem. This is more like his uh, personal uh, holiday house or whatever you want to call it but 1022 the king had a fleet of trading ships at the sea along with ships the ships of Hiram once every three years it returned carrying gold silver and ivory and apes and baboons (laughs) so uh, kind of kind of funny some of the things that they you know were importing or whatever but um, and I you know I think we've talked about this before but I it seems like sometimes when you're looking at Solomon, and I know we praise him for, you know, all of his wisdom, everything that he um, had, everything that he had accomplished, how impressed everyone was. But there's times it seems like Solomon was even like he couldn't get enough. Mm-hmm. You know, when is when is enough? And of course, we think about that with some of the millionaires today. When when is enough? When do you um, stop and say, well, and, and athletes are a good example. You know, they leave one team and go to another team because they got a few million more dollars. And it's like, that wasn't enough where you were. And, (laughs) you know, you had to have that much more. So, uh, you know, why does he need another business, a ship business, to make more money is is part of the questions that people ask. But. And I find it interesting, too. I mean, you can kind of maybe capture some of it in the scripture, but like what were their personalities? You know, were right. they like really quirky? You know what I'm saying? We all, we all have our personalities and styles. Like, you know, was Col- uh, Solomon was very extroverted. Was he right. introverted? Was he like a quirk? Was he a flashy? Was he a flashy guy? Mm-hmm. Was he, you know, we kind of seem to get that from the scripture that he was flamboyant. He wasn't right a simple 
Billy Graham type where I have right. my just my simple log cabin up there in North Carolina mm-hmm. or, or something like that, you know. Right. And I you know, and I don't know what he was like, but I, I read a thing one time where uh somebody had asked some guy that was driving like a Lamborghini or something like that and you know, somebody made the statement to him, Do you realize, you know, the money that you spent on that, it could have been, you know, used to save children and feed children and those kind of things. And the guy just came back, and you'd have to read that article. But he came back and said, you know, when I bought that, it provided a salesman a job. It provided uh, jobs for a company that's building that car. I mean, so, yeah, it might seem a little flamboyant to us at different times, mm-hmm. but you're providing, when you buy something, you're providing a service for somebody else to have a job. And and so, he, you know, maybe he's creating jobs and and uh, transportation for people, and you know, maybe it was more just than just the money that he made out of it. I don't know, but and and we're so quick. I would say money. I mean, we talk about the evils of money, but also it's one of those things that we make the most judgments about people. Mm-hmm. We look at the house they live in, the car they drive, all these different things that we look at and make judgments. You know, and and the preacher. You know, they used to say you need to keep the preacher poor. You know, having a rich preacher is just not of God. You know, he drives too nice of a car. He has too nice of a house. He, his clothes are too nice. And 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 I've heard pastors talk about it before. You know, they'd be maybe wearing a $500 suit and, and then asking for money, you know, to be donated or something. And, you know, he would – and a $500 suit is probably not an expensive suit. But anyway – he would say, you know what? Somebody gave me that. Somebody wanted to bless me with mm-hmm. that car or that money or whatever the case may be. So, um, and and if you read some of the commentary on some of these things, it talks about that uh, they say there was no poverty among the Jews. So, if you look at Solomon and say, you know, that money that you spent on those ships that could have been used to feed the hungry, and it's like there are no hungry. You know, now, wouldn't that be a great society to live in if that were the the truth, to be able to say we don't need welfare, we don't need everybody's got plenty. So, uh, you know, one guy's not looking at another guy trying to judge the money because it's like he's already got, you know, he's got that. He doesn't need Mm -hmm. help because there's no poverty in the land. And so... Uh, if that's the case, you can look at this in a little different light and say, hey, what Solomon's doing is just helping to provide for people. Yeah. So. I was trying to look up some stuff. I think it's one connection that Solomon and President Trump have is they both love gold. Yeah. And I was yeah. trying to like, uh, President Trump, he lo- he loves gold, gold mm-hmm. plates, gold, everything, his house is, he, yeah. he loves gold. So yeah, his hair too. President yeah. Trump and <laughs> Solomon have some connection points yeah, there. There you go. Well, we hope it doesn't go because Solomon has a big downfall. So we hope yeah. Trump doesn't have that. But anyway, ten twenty three. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. Now, what a what a statement to make, and we know this. We've we've heard before, but I want to read this. It it's talking about the the riches and the wisdom. So you know you can have one without the other. I mean, one guy would say. If you say, what do you want? Well, I want wisdom. Well, what do you want? Well, I want money. You know, what What would you, your magic wishes, if you could rub the lamp and get your magic, what would it be? Well, a million dollars or those kind of things. But let me just read this. I don't know where I 
pick this up, but it says, it is rare for a person to have both wealth and knowledge. The wealthy waste their time on worldly pleasures or spend it all trying to increase their fortune. They have no time to study, so they never gain knowledge. Those who thirst for knowledge, on the other hand, have too little interest in earthly possessions to strive for riches. But the exceptionally wise man is able to use his knowledge to gain wealth and his wealth to cultivate and increase his knowledge. Thus Solomon, wisest of all men, excelled in both. We're getting a phone call from God there, I think. So. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Okay, I'll move on. Um, 1024. The whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. Um, you know, most people would, it's talking about them seeking the wisdom. That's kind of an unusual thing because most people would seek money. You know, they come to Solomon, hey, you know, how did you make all your money? And can you teach me some of that so I can make money? And so people get caught up with, uh, with the money. But if you, in reality, with wisdom, probably is going to come not necessarily wealth, but with wisdom will come financial gain. You'll, have, you'll make wise decisions about where to spend your money and what to buy and those kind of things. So, um, and, and it's talking about the whole world sought audience with Solomon. I mean, that's just amazing that we can even think of that today. And I know the world then was not like the world now. As far as, I mean, the earth was the same size, but as far as all the different countries and all the different uh, cultures and all of those kind of things were not as as big as it is now. But still, to think in our culture, people aren't going to call, one president doesn't call another president and say, man, you're doing a really good job. How do you, you know, how do you do that there? How do you make that work? Because we're all so proud now that we don't want to ask, right. <laughs> you know, for advice from anyone but uh, 1025 year after year everyone who came brought a gift articles of silver and gold robes weapons and spices and horses and mules i mean it's just you know and again people are are looking at solomon like he's still worthy of more yeah i mean he was a rich hoarder yeah (laughs) yeah he was but i think about you know with with god it's a little bit like the same thing with us bringing, because we would say, well, what can I bring to God? He already owns everything. But he still wants, you know, I don't mean to get into money, but he, he wants us to pay our tithes. I mean, mm-hmm. he wants us to uh, to love him, to bring the gift of praise, the gift of sacrifice, the gift of worship. He want, He still wants things, even though, he really owns everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I've never really heard too many people associate Solomon with God, but it is a principle of bringing something to someone who already has everything, but you still feel like he's worthy of what little I have. He's still worthy of a gift mm-hmm. from me. And so, uh, and I, I love it because it says year after year, Solomon, he wasn't a what, flash in the pan. They you know, where he comes to fame and then all of a sudden he's yeah. gone. You know, this is year after year. Yeah. Greater than 15 minutes of fame, if you right. will. Right. And so, uh, and it wasn't again, just a one hit wonder. Yeah. 
Solomon's, uh, the 26th, Solomon's accumulated chariots and horses. He had four, or let me back up. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. So split up there, but he begins to, again, we've talked, <clears throat> we've talked about it before where uh, he begins to accumulate some things, and it, it may be the beginning of a downfall because some of that was good and some of it was began to be the things that God said to be careful of, but he began to dabble in that a little bit. you know. So maybe he did get to a point where it was too showy or he began to feel like he didn't have enough with all he had. He still didn't have enough. It, it's not the downfall yet. But you can see where he's, mm-hmm. you can see where he's headed in some of these, uh, some of these areas. And and you look at that. I mean, fourteen hundred chariots. I mean, that's a lot. But it it's not. Maybe doesn't sound that extravagant. But that's like fourteen hundred cars. Yeah. If, if you, you know, if you want to look at it like that, <laughs> and twelve thousand horses. I mean, that's just. I mean, I can't imagine what that looks like to see a, a herd. <laughs> I don't know if you call a horse horses a herd, but. Uh, of of that many, uh, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And this is a really weird example, but I keep I, I found it so interesting just because I I follow pop culture a little bit, and so I'm going to make a Justin Bieber Solomon comparison here, mm-hmm. if you will, to all of our Justin Bieber fans. Yeah. But uh, he came out with just another YouTube series. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's like a ten episode YouTube series. Uh, I think they called it Seasons or something like that, but it's kind of how he's coming back and making a new album after all this struggle and kind mm-hmm. of stuff he's been through. He's had some medical conditions, but one of the things they keep talking about, which is so fascinating, is that he had so much fame and fortune come at him so fast. Right. And what that did to him physically and what that did to him mentally and spiritually, because now he's a follower of Jesus. He's mm-hmm. a Christian, uh, to my understanding. And so he talked about how that j- it drained him and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And he had to go through this whole process of kind of uh, restoring himself so he could get back to a, a healthy place in life. And that whole concept of that we're just not we're built to worship, but we're not built to be worshiped. Right. And so it's not natural for us. And all that fame and fortune just is, we can't, we, we just don't have the ability to handle that. Right. It doesn't seem like. And so uh, I know that might seem cheesy, but from Solomon, who will see uh, his downfall, mm-hmm. and it seems like that, that as much as he had initially started out right with the wisdom, it was just too much. Right. You know, all, all the stuff and all the women, it just, it became too much for him and he couldn't handle that. Mm-hmm anymore in terms of his relationship with God. Right. And just in the natural, we see it again with, with superstars, famous people, rich people, how they rise to epic proportions and they fall. Mm-hmm. Modern Christian dads, we covered, <laughs> we covered Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. who's a UFC fighter, but this guy who comes from rags to epic riches mm-hmm. to an epic failure, and now he's trying to rebound him, himself. You know, it's like just, right. it's a struggle that human beings have had and will continue to have when God's mm-hmm. not the center all this stuff just brings distractions, a lack of fo- focus, right. and just begins to affect every single part of our life. And it happened in Solomon's life as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can, you know, we look at people like Solomon. So, how could how could you have all of that and then fail God? Well, you know, I know we all say 
you know, money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's that's the issue. But we look at that like, well, if I had money and fame, it'd be easier to serve God. Yeah. When in reality, it probably makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. And and especially with great fame, I don't think or great riches, either one. I don't think God ever intended for us to be in poverty necessarily. But I don't know that he ever intended for us to be that kind of rich, you know. That, and again, there's a different culture then. It's not, you know, we're not looking at the same culture we live in. But, but still, Bernie Sanders a would not have been a big fan of Solomon. No, no, <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Everything was going good. He could have, uh, Bernie could have said, "Hey, this is because." I was president. That's why everything. That's why everybody's working. He, he doesn't and, believe they're supposed to be billionaires, so he doesn't yeah. think there should be. So yeah, well, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that. Anyway, so <laughs> we won't get political here. We better we better move from there. So for all of our Bernie Sanders supporters yep. out there, we've asked for forgiveness today. So the king, verse twenty seven, made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills so again just adding to his fame and fortune 1028 solomon's horses were imported from egypt and from q the royal merchants purchased them from q and this really is scripturally uh, the beginning of a downfall this is where you can go back to god's commands and say this is a direct violation you know there's some things that we do that we can be like well, I don't know if that's really that wrong, or I'm not sure that God really thinks that that's a wrong thing. But in Deuteronomy 17:16, let me read it. It says, "The king, moreover, now this is God's commands. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself, or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them. For the Lord has told you." You are not to go back that way again. So, you know, you're still, even here in, in Kings, you're still looking back at Egypt after all these years that they got out of captivity, and he's saying, when you get out of there, stay away from there. That was your, that represented your captivity. Uh, it was a, an evil situation. I brought you out of there. Don't go back. Don't go back to the bondage that you had. And so it, it's like, Right off the bat in that verse, it says Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt. What does it say there in the verse? Uh, Do not make the people return to Egypt to get more horses. I mean, he's doing it's a direct violation of what was commanded in Deuteronomy. And as much as we've mentioned that, I'll mention it again here, that the king was required to write his own copy of the Torah. So... Solomon would not be able to say here, well, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the king would write his own copy of those first five books of the law, and there would be a scribe standing over him to make sure that he didn't you know, make a mistake so that it would change the meaning. You know, We have people who say, well, if you move the comma over here, then that changes the meaning. Uh, I've used that example of repent and be baptized because some people believe that water baptism is a necessity to salvation Mm -hmm. because it says, how can I be saved? Repent and be baptized. Well, then somebody else will say, well, 
but there's a comma in there. Repent, comma, and be baptized. So like repent is what you do to be saved, and be baptized is something you do later. So just because of a, a comma or a lack of a comma, some people will say, I mean, really, it does change a whole denomination <laughs> with, yeah. with one little phrase. And so, so what, what he's done here, he can't say, I didn't know. He has his own copy. He actually hand-wrote it. It's almost like signing a contract because somebody could come back if, if he tried to say, well, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. Somebody could come back and say, get out your copy of the, of the Torah and look at you know Deuteronomy 17.16. I mean, it wasn't numbered then, but mm-hmm. look at that and see what it says. Uh, there would be no denying. And, and we do the same thing. Uh, you know, we can say all we want to. Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, maybe you should get out your copy, not necessarily handwritten, but get out your copy and see what it says. And it's like, oh, well, okay, I, I kind of forgot about that part of it. So I've, I've told my Sunday school class one of my goals in life, I'm going to have a handwritten Bible before I die. And I started it just from Genesis at one point, and I think I got through, I don't know, several books. And then as I teach, I write down all my scripture. So, mm-hmm. so I've got First and Second Samuel, First and Second or First Kings, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Esther. I've got all those handwritten Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So I've got a really good start on it. But someday I'm going to be able to ha- lay claim to the fact that I've actually handwritten yeah. the Bible. Uh, not only read it, but that I've actually handwritten it. So oh, you're, you're Jewish. Just do the Torah. You're fine. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a king. You'll call it good there. Yeah, I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> so 1029, uh, they, imported, they imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. They also exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and of the Arameans, um, $4,000 uh, for a horse, Um thousand dollars for a chariot i mean that's what they were spending for these things uh you know in again great numbers is what Mm -hmm. they were spending for all of these things so so anyway hey we finished another chapter there and we've got a few (laughs) minutes left we'll we'll move on start a new one people are going to get they're going to be amazed at at all this so well the last the least i study the least i have to say right less i have to say (laughs) so that's why we're flying so fast because i don't study anymore so that's a lot. Just let the spirit flow there. Yeah, just let it flow. <laughs> Eleven one. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. And however is the key word. You know, it begins again the downfall of Solomon. So, you know, this. In other words, you could say the however means after all these things. So. You know, we've been going through First Kings and here and the Sunday school class, all those things, and I just I tried to make just kind of a list. But after all the wisdom, the wealth, his influence, his charity, building the temple, his obedience, his faithfulness, he brought the ark back. Those are just a few in a nutshell of the things that he has done. In other words, after all these things, 
then he begins to love many foreign women, mm-hmm. which is also um, uh, whether it's love or lust. You know, I have to believe there's a little more lust involved. Maybe things were what you considered being in love at that time was different than what it is today. But I, you know, people say, well, it's impossible to be in love with more than one person at a time. So there would be arguments about, but I think they're talking about like two people, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a man who um, has a mistress, you know, and he says he, loves her uh-huh. but i still love my wife yeah you know he they try to claim that love for two where solomon it starts talking about these numbers just growing that he has love for i i have my doubts that it's a love as much as it yeah. is a lust compartmentalization for, can only go so far yeah <laughs> that's yeah. A, a lot of extra compartments to put there uh, right but right. that's you know like it's just you know, it, and this is where interesting, this is not modern Christian dads. So this is dude talk now, but man, the, the power of a woman really yeah. for, for men. Right. Uh, I mean, we see this in our culture today. We see where be like, again, I follow culture news, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Weinstein, right. a guy like that who right. just, you know, rich, powerful, has everything, had a beautiful wife actually, who was like right. an actress, that kind of thing. But now just, you know, all of these women, just mm-hmm. woman upon woman upon woman upon woman that, you know, uh, allegedly or whatever actually been proven guilty. So we can say that now, right. according to the court of law, uh, some of them raped and mm-hmm. uh, multiple women and, and just like, what, how, how's this, you know, we talk about athletes, you know, that, right. um, you know, some of the most powerful men, uh, who's the guy who hung himself in the New York jail, but, yeah. uh, you know, Epstein, he, uh, Epstein child pornography, billionaire, mm-hmm. you know, well, like just get like, a beautiful wife you know you're you're a billionaire can't you just get the most beautiful woman in the world Mm -hmm. uh jeff bezos uh amazon owner of amazon just Mm -hmm. recently got divorced and all these guys the the power of a woman how it can bring the most uh the wisest most powerful most richest man and completely screw up his life right tiger woods i'm a big sports guy i think Mm -hmm. tiger woods 10 years ago uh you know had it all Mm -hmm. you know had it all had had a wife who was a european model or something kids money every endorsement possible Mm -hmm. but yet a plethora of women come pouring into his life right just the power of a woman and you know along with that the, the Achilles that we all have as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, obviously for his, him, it was women. You know, right. I mean, yeah, we see maybe some of the, the money started the process, mm-hmm. but it really was the women right. at the end of the day. That was his downfall. Right. And, it, uh, you know, and some things never change. You know, we, we like to act like, oh, because we have uh, the Internet and, and the availability of pornography and all those things that has made this culture so bad. I mean, look back, and and you're, you're exactly right because it doesn't even say anywhere in there, it doesn't say the devil began to tempt Solomon. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even, isn't it amazing that the devil never even gets mentioned in all yeah. of this? It's just the devil, I mean, yes, he's involved. I don't mean to say that, but it doesn't even, you know, put it to that. It's just this guy, Solomon, began to do these wrong things. Yeah. The the lust of money and the lust of women and and you're exactly right if you look at at the TV and the news and all those things today advertising sex sells yeah. 
things. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's the way it is. And so uh, you're right. These guys that have everything and how in the world, you know, but it's because they have everything and, you know, but the, yeah. the want for more, it's always more. Yep. So uh, let me just read. We read the verse about the horses. Let me just read the verse. Deuteronomy seventeen seventeen, And these are the commands for the king. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. So it just said he's not supposed to have a lot of horses, and he has horses. He's not supposed to have a lot of silver and gold, and he has silver and gold. And he's not supposed to take women, and he takes women. And it says, and and the one thing with the women, it says um, uh, not to take many wives. And why? Because his heart will be led astray. It doesn't even really talk about why he can't have horses, why he can't have silver and gold. But it does talk about the women because they're going to lead, lead your heart astray. Um, I mean, these are rules without reason, and mm-hmm. and that's what so many people don't get with God. They think God owes us an explanation. So when God says, in this case, you can't have many horses, well, a lot of us would say, well, but what – why is that going to hurt me to have a lot of horses? So they go ahead and get the horses. Yeah. Like that's, that's not going to, it must not be what he meant. I think that's what people, or that was for someone else. And then the, the gold, well, yeah, but I'm using, you know, if I had money, I'd use it for God. So all that gold and silver, I'm going to use it for God. (laughs) So that makes it okay with God. And it's like, but he said not to do that. I mean, that's what we don't get sometimes. It's plain and simple, and he doesn't have to explain it to us. Yeah. We walked through this at our membership class the other day, or we were prepping for a membership class at our local church. And so one of the questions that we as a staff, and not you, but one of our other deacons uh, was talking through was uh, our constitution and bylaws, which is just like, you know, right. this governing document of the church, basically kind of was saying, you know, you can't smoke you can't drink you can't it, it was really mm-hmm. kind of sounded legalistic a little right, bit right. as you read it and some of them were like well what if someone who is in the church and they're coming out of you know they're right. trying to break the addiction of smoking are we just going to x them off mm-hmm. because it says no smoking uh but it, and so we're kind of just going back and forth and and uh, i was just like well here, here's how i would explain it the simplest way that i could explain it to someone who would come to our church is like we're our church is really focused on how much we can give to god and not much how, how much we can get away right. with that's kind of our overall take on a lot of things substances things that nature mm-hmm. where it's like well does it specifically say that in the bible that i can't do this but it's really more like is that thing going to draw us closer to the Lord mm-hmm. uh, and am I willing to give it up anyway right. or you know so uh, just a simple question that I think we can take into our practical life on a regular basis can you have a new car yeah you can have a new car a new horse mm-hmm. uh, but you know how many do you need and just basically then does the the focus of your life begin to revolve around that so is your life then dictated upon that uh, are you able to be a generous person, a giving person? Mm-hmm. Are you able to, does that begin to squelch things? Maybe God might be speaking to you in terms of your life. So like if, if God's calling you to do something, but you're hindered 
financially you know i'm a big missions guy so this is one i beat beat the drum on a lot of people don't go on mission trips because like well i just can't afford to mm-hmm. well why can't you afford to well, right. you know if i really sat down with your budget uh well you got credit right. card debt you got a you, you know you got a car payment you got mm-hmm. a cable bill that's 150 you know you got all these things we probably could if we really worked it out we could probably eliminate some of these things mm-hmm. and it would give you a greater ability to be more available Right. to God and his plans and his purposes in your life. I know that's not a hot take for everyone. And again, it's not, the goal isn't yeah. to say not have a new car, but just those types of things. It's like, you know, Solomon, you could have a baboon, you can have an mm-hmm. ape, but it seems like the accumulation or right. the cum- cumulative effect of all these things is the inching away. It's just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be focused on, God, when you just keep filling your right. life with more and more stuff, that really doesn't seem to have a lot to do with him. The problem everybody wants is when Solomon, and maybe, you know, again, we don't know Solomon's personality. We don't know what his response was. But, you know, if somebody today says, um, if the scripture was, was written today and said, thou shalt not accumulate many cars. Well, so then my question, if I begin to do that, well, I know I've got a hundred cars, but that's that's not too many. So, how many is too many? Again, it goes back to what you were just saying. Can I can I have this many? Can I have this many and be okay? And and it's relevant to the guy who can't afford one car. Then the hundred that you have seems extravagant to the guy who's got a thousand cars. The hundred doesn't seem extravagant. So it's pretty relevant to things. But the, the one thing that, that he said here is not take many wives. And why? Because your heart will be led astray. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was the bottom line. It wasn't because um, if you gain all this stuff, it's going to cause poverty. It's going to cause discord among people. Uh, you know, there wasn't all those kind of reasons. He flat out said, this, in other words, this rule is for your protection because your heart's going to get led astray. And I, I know the conversation because I've probably said it myself in, in different scenarios, but as uh, our statement would be, even when God says don't do something, we want to qualify it and say, well, so it would be okay if I had many wives as long as I didn't let my heart go astray. Instead of saying, God said your heart will go astray, instead of looking at it, we, we think we can control mm-hmm. our heart. So I won't – It's we've talked about it a little bit today, but the whole sexual issues, we look at um, being around other women and saying, well, it's okay to flirt as long as I don't carry it so it goes back to kind of with with Solomon. Well, it's okay for me to have many wives as long as my heart doesn't go astray. Then I'm not really violating the command because that's the that's God's reasoning here. So I won't. I'm going to have all these wives, but they won't make my heart go astray. Or a man, I can flirt, but I I can stop there. I won't. Mm-hmm. I won't let it go any further than that. Or or I only held her hand. I didn't, you know, we, we want to qualify everything as to how far we can go 
before we step over that line. And then we look at it, and maybe maybe Solomon looked at it the same way. We look at things sometimes like, um, again, a man would say, uh, it would be fun to sleep with a lot of women. You know, that would be a good time, in other words. And so we use that like, well, God wouldn't want me to not have a good time. I mean, we start making all the excuses to allow us. In other words, I won't let it go too far. And even the guideline of the day, we'll finish with this, but even the guideline of the day, there was a Mishnah, which is um, it's a take on the law. In other words, you have, if you read some of the Mishnah, it will say, according to this rabbi, this is his interpretation. According to this rabbi, this is his interpretation. And so they would come up with kind of a guideline for things. It wasn't necessarily the Bible says exactly this. It was their take on the law or whatever. And even in there, they came up with a number of 18 wives Hmm. that you could have 18 wives. And so for Solomon, when it says not to take many wives, even if he could say, well, the Mishnah (laughs) said you can have 18, I mean, how far above? I mean, even if he had stopped there, at least he could have said, (laughs) well, I'm within the law of the day. But he was so extravagant with the horses, the gold, and now the women. Mm-hmm. It was the extravagance of those things, not yeah. that he couldn't have some horses, not that it, even maybe that he couldn't have had 18 wives, probably not under God's law, but under what you'd say the law of the day yeah. would allow him 18, but extravagance in that area, it was never enough, never enough. Um, Huge revelation, shocking by Rick Maynard. We can have 18 wives. I think that was the There you go. Point. Yeah. <laughs> but who would want to? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's a little less than The Bachelor, you know, Bachelorette. Uh-huh. I scrolled through that the other night. I'm like, oh, this is the worst show ever. It is. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, don't get 18 wives. Just get one. Right. One really good one is, is completely sufficient. Yes, so, it is. And if, if you need uh, the reality of that, again, just look at the life of Solomon. But anyway, that's Rick Maynard. This is verse by verse that we go through each and every week. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you guys next time.